Hey, good evening. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Um, we did something simple. Just hung out with, uh, we had my mother-in-law over. Um, so it was just the three of us. But uh, it was good. Um, she doesn't get to um, get out a lot. So uh, it was nice having her over. Uh, we're going to do something different. If you saw the video uh, earlier this week, I say videos, but the main video uh, I did on Monday, actually. And I covered Romans 1, uh, I read verses 28 through 32, and I'm going to read those again. We talked about gossiping. Um, I have uh, discovered that somebody that I look up to a lot has been gossiping about me. Um, can't go into much details. Uh, it's it's kind of strange that I have somebody who uh, works with me. And uh, if I were to mention where I work or what I do for a living at all, would immediately run to the higher ups to tell on me. He's like, well, he's talking about work on his on the internet. It's like I, I'll never talk about what I do during the day on this format. That's not what it's about. I'm here on the internet for for two things. Number one to encourage Christians to be as Christ-like as possible. And number two, to put good quality, clean material on the internet. There's so much smut and just junk. Uh, I, I think somebody did a recent um, scan of the internet where like almost half of it is porn. And that's just... Ridiculous. So I want to put out clean internet, clean stuff on the internet. And uh, in my opinion, there's nothing better than to put stuff about the Bible out there. Because this is what's going to help you grow as a person. This is what's going to help you um, to learn how to walk the walk in the problem is, is that a lot of people look at Christians and they say, "Well, the, he's no different than me. Why should I? Why should I trust Jesus as my savior?" Well, you're what they don't understand is they're dealing with an immature Christian. And if if I can get enough Christians to mature and grow in their faith, then the people around them will have no excuse. And maybe, just maybe. The Holy Spirit can use that to help them uh, see that they have a need. And ultimately it is the Holy Spirit that softens a person's heart and um, gives them a new heart so they can repent and of their sins and turn their life over to Christ. So, let's get back to the material here. I kind of drifted off there for a second. Uh, I do chase rabbits from time to time and I apologize. Romans 1, verse 28 through 32. Instead of just focusing on gossip here, 
I'm going to focus on six key areas. I'm not going to list, I'm not going to talk about every single thing in, uh, in this passage. Um, that would take, I would take an hour. We don't have an hour. So let's read the passage. This is in the New King James Version. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the, do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Excuse me. Um, so the first, I, um, we talked about gossip on... Monday, but I looked up the definition of it, and it says that gossip is the casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. You see, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you know is not true. It could be something that isn't confirmed. Um... Well, I heard so-and-so was sleeping with the boss, or I heard so-and-so was uh, had cheated on his taxes, or I heard so-and-so, and it's just, it's, it's a passive-aggressive way of dealing with someone that you don't like, or if they're doing something that you don't approve of. You see, the truth is, none of us are perfect uh, until we get to be like Jesus. <sighs> he walked on water. Um, I don't see anybody else around here doing that. And so, unless you can walk on water, you know. You're no better than anybody else around you. I mean, I put my pants on one leg at a time. I'm no better than anybody lis listens to this podcast or watches my videos. Um, the standard of behavior comes from the Bible, not from me. So, I wanted to cross-reference 1 Timothy 5.13. Because... Here, um, Paul is telling Timothy to deal with widows, especially those that like to go from house to house. He refers to them as gossips and busybodies in verse 13. And a lot of times people will gossip because they're bored. They don't have a whole lot going on in their life. They, um, they're just looking for something to do. And 
I would caution people that like if you if you have time to gossip, what that means is you really have time to help someone. Um, I could have a hundred things wrong with my life. But if I just take the time to help somebody, you know, I can help make their day better. So that's one area. Uh, the next area I wanted to talk about is covetousness. It, uh, the definition is to long after to try to gain. Um, that comes from BibleStudyTools.com. Mark 7 is a I uh, was looking up a verse about gossip. Oh, here's a list that Jesus um, gave when uh, he was teaching about a parable. And he said that, you know, the food that you eat doesn't make you unclean. It's the things that come from within that make you unclean. And he gives a list in verse 21 this is Mark seven twenty one. He says, For from within of the heart of men excuse me, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murderers, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Where was I know covetousness was one yeah, it was on, in verse twenty two. Thefts, covetousness, wickedness. So he let it's a long list of things that he gives, but it, what he's saying here is, is that covetousness comes from within our heart. I mean, I will freely admit and and repent publicly that I was, uh, last time I went to my storage unit, I uh, was driving and I was about to make the turn um my storage unit's over in um, another suburb of uh, Kansas City. Let's just say it's a more affluent suburb. Um, and I saw a lime green uh, Lamborghini. Uh, oh, not the Huracan. It was um, the one that came before that. Oh, the the Gallardo. Uh, and... Uh, it was nice looking. It was a nice looking car. And, and I, uh, there was a part of me that was like, man, I wish that was mine. And that's covetousness. And uh, I was wrong. We've got to be careful about that kind of stuff because you can, at work, you can covet someone else's position. Or you may think, that someone else is coveting your position or someone maybe want to work in your area and you want to protect your turf, so to speak. Um, that's wrong. You need to trust God, that God will put you in the place that he wants you and that when it's time for you to move on, that God will take care of that. A lot of people say they trust God, but in reality, they are doing things to try to protect their turf or to protect their space, and they, they just need to trust God. 
All right. Deceit is another one from that list in Romans 1. Uh, deceit is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. Ephesians 4 is uh, my cross-reference. Yeah, here we are. Um, Paul is talking to the Ephesians about, you know, if you've put on Christ, you need to put off your former conduct. He says uh, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And verse 23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Um, lusts do deceive us. They paint a picture that this other thing out there is better than what you have. Um, that is how many, many people get uh, deceived into uh, pursuing uh, a relationship outside of their marriage. They start to believe that the grass is greener on the other side and uh, my spouse isn't giving me what I want, so therefore I should uh, go after uh, you know, this other person because this other person's meeting my emotional needs. And that's a lie. Um, you get from a relationship what you put into it. So, our next on our list from Romans 1 is backbiters. Um, talking maliciously about someone. Um, I know it's not a long definition, but I did get it from gotquestions.org. Um, oh, I'm sorry, that's not the full definition. Talking maliciously about someone who is not present. That's a backbiter. And... Backbiting can be very dangerous because what I've learned over the years is, is if this person is standing in front of me is willing to talk about someone who's not there, there's a good chance that they're, not, they're going to be willing to talk about you when you're not there. I want you to think about that one. If the person you're standing in front of having a conversation with is willing to talk about someone else when they're not there. They're most likely willing to talk about you when you're not there. And I say that with such emphasis because you have to be careful who you share personal things with. You have to be wise in who you open yourself up to. Um, now, granted, I've read books by Brene Brown and others that talk about how it takes more courage to be open and vulnerable with others. And that's true. But you have to be careful who you're open and vulnerable with. And that is uh, the key. Uh, use wisdom. If somebody is a backbiter... They're most likely talking about 
you when you're not around. Um, the next verse I want to, or next verse, the next subject I want to cover is untrustworthy. Um, now, BibleHub.com gives a good definition of what someone who is trustworthy is. And uh, it's very basic. It says uh, someone who is worthy of trust or confidence. <sighs> Heck, if you want to look it up in the Strong's Concordance, the corresponding Strong's number is 4101. You can look that up in the Strong's Concordance. Uh, and it'll give you the root word for what the Bible translates as trustworthy. Now, amazingly, the only example of the, the use of this word is in Romans 1. But I know an example of when someone was untrustworthy. And that person was John Mark. I, it's funny, I went back and listened, and I didn't catch it until after I'd already posted it on the internet. But his name is John Mark. I actually referred to him once in the video as John Paul. It's kind of funny now that I, I've seen it, but what's done is done. It, it would take too much work to pull it off the internet, edit it, and put it back on there. So I'm just going to leave it alone. Um... But John Mark, in Acts 12, um, let me go in my Kindle to that. Um, at the very end of the chapter, it says this, actually, it's verse 25. So I'm in Acts 12, 25. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem where they had fulfilled their ministry. And they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, if you flip over to Acts 13. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Mahan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I called them, that having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So here they they're going to go start churches somewhere. And they don't get very far. They go down to Cilicia. I, I know I'm mispronouncing that. It's in verse 4. And then they go to Cyprus. And then they go to Salmis. And it says they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, and they had John as their assistant. And um, if you keep going, um, they went to the island of Paphos. If you keep going, they went to Pamphylia. And if you look in verse 13, it says, And John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. So we know that they've been to a few places and experienced some persecution. And now John Mark goes back to Jerusalem. He's like, you know what? This is dangerous. I'm out of here. Now, it's interesting because when Saul was converted, 
you know, he started going by his. I'm trying to remember which one is which. I think the Roman name was Saul and his Jewish name was Paul. I believe so. I'd have to double check that. But um, but Barnabas gave Paul a chance when no one believed that, that he was actually a Christian. But then now, just a few chapters later, you know, they, they'd been on one missionary trip. They're about to go on another one. And I'm trying to see. All right. They had the council at Jerusalem in Acts 15. Um, they're trying to decide how to treat Gentile believers. And they, of course, issue a decree that um, they should. Um, there were four things that they were told. Um, in verse 20, they were told to. They need to abstain from things polluted by idols. They need to stay away from sexual immorality. They need to stay away from from things that are strangled, you know, animals. And they need to stay away from blood. So they're to not eat blood with the meat. Any meat that's... Uh, so, and... You know, the, the Jerusalem Council writes a letter. They send... Uh, copies of this letter with um, Judas and Silas of course um, and it says in verse 35 Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of the Lord and then some days later Paul said to Barnabas I'm in verse 36 of Acts 15 let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing so Paul's got the heart of a pastor. He wants to see how these people are doing. In verse 37, Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John, called Mark. Verse 38, But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another, and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commanded by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. So Paul looked at John Mark, and he thought of him as being untrustworthy. But Silas, he looked at them and said, looked at John Mark and said, he deserves a second chance. You know. I could imagine Barnabas, it doesn't say this in scripture, but I could imagine Barnabas saying to Paul, I gave you a second chance. We should give this guy a second chance. And I could see both sides of this argument. Paul considered John Mark to be untrustworthy. And so he refused to take him along. If you are to that point and you are, Working with someone and you've, you've deemed them to be untrustworthy, it probably is in your best interest to not have them involved in any projects or to work with that person. So, but you need to pray about it and, and allow God to show you um, things that, are, that you may not be aware of. All right, last one, unforgiving. 
This is uh, Merriam-Webster says this is you're unwilling or unable to forgive. This is kind of interesting as I was preparing for this lesson because the person that gossiped about me, the Holy Spirit was challenging me to forgive this person. It's kind of kind of weird because it's like, all right, I'm teaching all this stuff and it comes from the Bible and I want to do what the Word says. And then the Holy Spirit says, well, you need to forgive the person that gossiped about you. That's tough. And by the way, I'm not hearing audible voices out loud. This is when when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, it's through my conscience. And if you slow down and you pay attention, the Holy Spirit will speak to you if you're a believer. And will challenge you to do things that are uncomfortable. Now granted, you number one thing, more than anything else, if you only remember one thing I say today... Remember this, the Holy Spirit will not tell you anything that contradicts the Bible. Now, I'm going to go off on a chase a rabbit here, but I'm trying to make a point. I read Bishop Carlton Pearson's book, The Gospel of Inclusion, many years ago. Oh, I want to say 2008. And Bishop Pearson was, he had a, 5,000 plus member church. He was on the board of regents at ORU. And I think this was around 2000 because George W. Bush was running for president. And there was some ad. No, he was watching the news and he had his little baby girl in his lap. And he's eating dinner, watching the news. And he felt like the Holy Spirit was telling him that uh, he should go to Rwanda to help the Tutsis and the tribes that were fighting. I don't remember the other tribe. I think they were called the Hutus. And he said, God, I've got a, a... a church to pastor. I've got a family to take care of. I have a lot of responsibilities. You know, why would you, why, why would you allow this to happen? You know, these people are suffering and if they don't hear the gospel, they're going to end up in hell. And this is where he didn't check himself because the voice that was talking to him said, they're already in hell. That's not biblical. That's not from the Bible. But he bought it hook, line, and sinker. He bought the lie of the enemy. Satan lied to this guy. And now he's a universalist. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm saddened by it because I've met the man. And I know that... Um, he thinks his motives are pure, and he thinks um, you know he's basically been lied to, and uh, but anyway, um, if you read the entire book, um, 
unfortunately, um, a lot of people in that area mistreated him. And there's a lot of unforgiveness on both sides. That's where I was going with this. And I hope and pray that that situation resolves itself and he comes back. Um, the I looked up some verses about this subject and there's one in Mark 11 and that's the one I'm going to close with. Mark eleven twenty five, and this is where I got challenged because I read the book, I read the passage, and and I had to pray and ask um, for forgiveness, and pub, and just in my prayer say I forgive so and so for gossiping about me. Um, Let's read verses 25 through 26. It says, Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So I would challenge you, if you have a grudge against someone, stop what you're doing. Pray. Ask for forgiveness from God for holding the grudge. And then ask and just say, Lord, I forgive so-and-so, and I put this situation in your hands, and I ask that you deal with that person accordingly. So, it's not an easy thing to do, but it is the right thing to do. So anyway, uh, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm going to go uh, take care of some personal stuff. Uh, we will have a video Saturday about sanctification. Uh, look on the channel on YouTube. Um, and uh, I may, because of what happened to Dr. White, uh, do. A, he's got another website where the videos, his videos, are being posted. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the same. And next week I'll tell you how to find those, uh, just in case my videos on YouTube get censored. Um, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, thank you for for listening, uh, especially to the faithful few. Uh, I love you guys, and um, hopefully I'll see you on Saturday on YouTube.